Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live this week. My answers to fellow adventurers' questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took 5, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley here. Time for a spiritual tune-up where I, in uh, a number of ways and explanations, try to convince you that your thoughts become things. That's the three fingers every morning. Today's question, uh, a tricky one. Um, let's dive in. Mike, concerning birth defects and, and how to cope, is it possible to change your pre-birth physical or mental challenges if they are too painful? And if so, how? I, I can only try to understand uh, the challenges that this creates. I'm going to do my best. I'm not trying to put a smiley face on anything. Uh, I can't even comprehend uh, the difficulty and or the pain that you and many other people perhaps uh, undoubtedly uh, feel. But if you can put things into context, then you are less likely to give your power away and begin leveraging the beauty and the magic that's everywhere to live happy in spite of what's going on and or learn how to change it. So the first question here is really why are there birth defects? I think biologically, the Seth material by Jane Roberts talks about you know the important need to maintain all options for the future development of any biological creature. And so there's these anomalies, but never does an anomaly or a defect or gift uh, show up randomly. These are chosen by all involved. And I know that might sound abrasive and who would want to choose that? As many people as have a mental or physical birth defect are examples of that. And not only have they chosen this experience for amazing, enriching, loving, empowering reasons. But every single person affected by the life of somebody with an ailment, a disease, cystic fibrosis, cancer, deformity, every single person is part of the package of the learning, of the growth, of the discovery, of the infinite new possibilities exist for discovering who we really are, the power we have, uh, and and what to truly focus on. Everyone, especially parents, especially siblings, especially schools, especially caretakers. This is part and parcel of an unimaginably expansive, comprehensive, brilliant uh, orchestra playing out where everyone gets a little bit of what they need in the right dose. Sometimes the reason you're affected is just for it to stimulate compassion and empathy, to reach out, to smile, and to change your behavior with other people and or the person involved. Okay, so that's generally how and why. Um, additionally, why? When somebody chooses to be born without sight, as we all know, other faculties mental and physical, are strengthened and grown. Um, and not just faculties, but other perspectives are gained. Uh, strengths are found. Compassion is aroused. How many of us know folks who have children with mental deficiencies, if I could use that word, and uh, they find so much love in that member of the family, love like they never knew existed. And they have other children that have all their faculties. It is astounding and so incredibly beautiful to see the compassion and the love that family members feel for those in their midst who don't have all that we typically normally see in the, the, the human condition. So this is one of the reasons the person going through the condition is learning how to rely on themselves or other faculties in a brand new way, including psychic mental faculties that we may be completely unaware of. And those in their proximity are learning to appreciate beyond appearances, uh, beyond 
uh, other typical things that we would place a value on. So much is happening. Always when there's a challenge in my life, in your life, and in the lives of those with defects, it's always a sacred invitation from the Most High that we accepted when we chose this lifetime and we saw the probabilities of the defects, uh, the, 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 the deformities, etc. An invitation to rise in spiritual growth the evolution of our own consciousness, to change our priorities, to not be chasing the things that everybody else is chasing, to place new importance on things that were completely disregarded before. If we can but surrender to our challenges, and this applies to every single person listening or watching now or in the recording, if we surrender briefly to our challenges and ask, what does this make possible? Who am I really? What's important today? The gift will be imparted and very often the challenge for all of us will completely go away. Now, of course, you're saying, what about the person who was born with it and they have it for life? Either the problem will go away because there are, there are infirmities and deformities at birth that do correct themselves and or like the dog with three legs, you'll learn how to be Every bit as happy as a dog with four legs. And please, I'm not comparing people to animals. I'm trying to, to share that when you're not so self-reflective as a human being is, and you're more just spontaneously living in the moment, as animals teach us to do, invite us to do, you can have an entirely different experience and you're not comp constantly comparing, well, I could be doing this and I could have done that and it's fine for you to say and blah. It's like just be where you are. Be who you are and focus on all that you do have instead of that which you don't have. Coping. The best way to cope is, is the second prong of my, my answer here. Uh, the first prong was, why does this happen? And the answer is always by design, meticulous planning and love and adoration by all involved. That's the why. The coping, as I was just uh, touching on, you focus on what you do have, what you can do, where you now are, who's in your life, how you can choose to react to them. There are worlds, entire infinite worlds within each of these that can never be explored if you're thinking, what if, if only. Never, never, never. What is, is what is. Make the best of what you've got by all means. Seek a cure, seek to improve, seek to override, regain your sight, uh, learn to walk again, or, or where and when you feel it's possible, medical science, um, mental science, if you will, do all you can to improve it. But do not put your life, nor your happiness, nor your growth in your psychic evolution on hold for the day when you can finally do what other people do. You have this extraordinary gift to think and feel and know things that God has never been exposed to. And it's a fleeting gift. In the blink of an eye, you're gonna be back in the heart of God, all the lights on, you're gonna be, oh, now I remember why I chose that. And now I remember the gifts that were waiting for me and the gifts that were waiting for everyone else and the joy that was inevitably mine. Had I focused on what I had, who I was, what remained possible. And so look to explore the worlds that are before you right now. And those worlds could be of service, helping others similarly afflicted, focus on what they can do, what they can't do. It could be a very conventional expression, um, participating in, in the world at large as to the degree you can, as do others without the affliction participate. You get to choose, you get to decide. It's all spiritual, it's all good, it's for your growth and glory. You have heartfelt desires, move towards those. Write, discover, play, create, live your awesome rocking life in a blink, in a blink, this extraordinary opportunity to be and feel and know things that could never otherwise be known. Celebrate your bravery, celebrate your courage, celebrate the, the magic that you're bringing to the world 
when you're opening so many other people's eyes to what's possible. Yes, there's a price to pay and yes, it's difficult and yes, sometimes it's painful. But consider this, nothing in your experience is random and that would mean the pain as well. And I'm not saying don't mitigate the pain, do mitigate the pain. Mitigate everything you don't like about it to the degree you can, but don't put your life on hold. Don't put your happiness on hold. And perhaps the pain is a call within the call to understand something else at a deeper level that I can't comprehend, but you can. You're close. You're brave. You're courageous. You came here with an extra special agenda. We all honor and revere you. Thank you. Thank you to all who are moving through difficult circumstances, whether from birth or they started last night. Everyone's dealing with something. Believe it or not, you might think, you know, if I didn't have this and if I didn't have that, well, then I then I could get on and you're blaming this and that for the other areas of your life that have not expanded that could equally expand right now in spite of the fact that you have this or that. And too often, as I've shared in other tune-ups, when we are afflicted by something or we've been violated by someone and then we find that we're timid and we're scared and we don't believe in ourselves, we think it's the affliction or we think it's the violation, not realizing that other people who do not have the affliction and who were not violated also feel timid and scared and don't believe in themselves. They hate themselves. They want to self-destruct themselves. Yet because you're pointing to an affliction or an ailment, you're blinded to the fact that you've got green lights all the way, that you can do this. You can do this in spite and think of the light that you will be to other people who are using lesser crutches than you to give away and deflate their own power. You are in an extraordinary place if you are one of the people I'm speaking to who is now so afflicted. Uh, thank you, love and gratitude for being a light, for asking the hard questions. There ain't no shame. It's truly an overwhelming experience to be in these illusions with all of your faculties. And then if you've got something else to deal with that nobody else can deal with, hats off. Thank you. Love you forever. Uh, it's going to be okay. We're all going to get to that inner circle in the blink of an eye and we'll understand one another. We'll share our lessons. We'll share love. And we're going to say, let's go back. Let's go back to time and space. Okay, I'm going to do this and you're going to do that. Oh my gosh. And you're going to help me, right? You're going to help me and I'll help you. And so here we are. Jumbo fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley. Time for our 350th spiritual tune-up. So happy to be with you here on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for your great questions posted on Facebook or Instagram on the day of a broadcast. My idea, my aim, my goal is to give you more traction for living deliberately, creating consciously a life that you truly love. Today's question, to pray or to manifest? Great question. Mike, should we pray or manifest? When we pray, is it begging? When we manifest, are we forcing our desires? Maybe going against the highest good and what the universe wants for us. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, first off, a lot of lessons in this great question. Um, our desires are literally what the, des the universe desires for us. We are one and the same. We are the eyes and the ears of the universe, of divine intelligence, of source energy, come alive within the dream of life to see what it's like, to see what happens, to see how it feels, to see what we do, to see what we love, to see who we love. It's just for the adventure of it. Divine intelligence wanted to be here as you. And now the baton has been passed from the higher self to this self. And there is never, never a contradiction of what you want versus what the universe wants. And if what you want is not going to serve you, what better way to learn that than to want it and get it, right? The universe isn't like, oh, but that's not really what we're here for. No, the universe is like, that is what we're here for. Let's find out if it's good. Now that can go on a tangent. Like what if somebody wants something uh, at the expense of someone else, okay? Um, there is no such thing as a victim, which doesn't justify the ugly things people want to do. But uh, let's not go down that tangent right now. 
understand that what you want is what the universe wants for you. So you cannot get that wrong. And 99 times out of 100, or perhaps 999 times out of 1,000, what you want is good for the world, is good for other people, is driven by love. Your inner being is a saint, is, an, is awesome, is looking out for itself while desirous of making the world a better place. That is fact contrary to what our physical senses show us. And yes, we can point to a lot of ugliness. Let's not do that right now, okay? Let's get back to prayer or manifest. Uh, secondly, both prayer and manifestation very clearly speak to deliberate living and our desire to want to shape our life. That's the way it's supposed to be. Both are really good. Let's not make this one or the other, but let's look within each to understand them better. Prayer as it is normally advocated, uh, is you talking to an externalized God, punctuating your comments with question marks. Uh, dear beloved, can I, may I, should I, will I, where, how, when? Okay, number one, externalizing the divine is a non-starter and it depletes you of your energy. It denies your heritage. The, the, the ability literally to rearrange the stars of your life, literally to move the mountains of your life. When you abdicate that and say, well, it's up to God. There is no God outside of you. You are that extension of the divine. But to pretend that God is out there. Now, you're so inclined to succeed, you'll still be successful. But you could be much more successful meaning much happier, much quicker, if you understood this integration and stop playing around with this separation. And the question mark thing? Oh, get past that. Let your prayers end in, so be it! Hallelujah! Amen! Exclamation point. You tell it the way you want it. You lay it out. That's why God wanted to be you, so that you would make these decisions, so that you would move in your grace and in your glory and command the elements to do your bidding. That's why you're here. So none of this lollygagging about with question marks, externalizing God, get down to it when you're praying. Okay. Now there's nothing wrong with asking for guidance. Uh, nothing wrong with asking for some you know, big questions, but you know, we're talking about living deliberately right now. And so for the most part, um, you want to declare and affirm and demonstrate with excited woohoos and exclamation points. Um, man, now that's prayer manifesting, manifesting again, you can't not do it. You're streaming this right now. You are, we all are streaming manifestors. Okay, wherever you look, worlds are born, literally, high, low, what wasn't there a minute ago, you know what's behind me right now, behind that wall? Nothing, until somebody goes there and streams it into place, in alignment with our agreed upon coordinates and uh, energy points and all of that stuff. It seemingly is there all the time, and we're bystanders to life glory. We are the originators of life's glory. We hold life together. We create it and stream it into place right now. Our ears create the sounds. Our eyes create what we see. Uh, it is more astounding than you can even imagine. So if you're wondering whether or not you, you ought to work on your manifesting, you're already black belt, PhD, magna cum laude, manifesting wizard ace phenomenon. Okay, you are legend. You are truly legend. You can't not manifest when you bring consciousness down into this soup called time, space, and matter. These illusions. Now, doing so deliberately, that's the art of life, right? That is getting the elements to line up uh, to your higher good. And your higher good would always be to the universe's higher good. So we don't have to worry about that. Um, the biggest trick in 21 years of teaching this and, and all of my years living this is to not go into deliberately manifesting minutia. You don't want to be a micromanager. The best way to be living deliberately, creating consciously is to hold desires in your mind clearly defined of the transformation you wish to make manifest to experience 
and keep it in a broad brush terms. I mean, this is my life's work. I know that seems to contradict a lot of other schools of thought. There's a place for the details. Hold on. That's step two. But first and foremost, when you want to manifest deliberately, get out of the minutiae, Stop trying to micromanage. Stop trying to get little things to line up. It, it, it's fun and it, sometimes it works, but your passion is not there. You don't care about those silly little things. You care about a rocking life and you deserve no less. So imagine wealth and abundance, health and healing, friends and laughter. That's what I mean when I say general broad brush areas. Where do you want transformation in your life? Health, healing, friends, laughter, um, uh, amazing uh, appearance, losing weight. That's all within the realm. Go for it. When you know the area you want your transformation to be in, you're giving divine intelligence infinite latitude to connect the dots and work the logistics. Okay, that's why we want to go broad scope. We're letting the universe figure out who's going to show up and when. We're let the universe figure out between all of our other dreams and 60,000 thoughts a day, which one should come next for there to be the greatest harmony to such a degree your expectations are wildly exceeded. This is why you have general broad brush ambitions for creating transformation in your life. In any category you want, material, absolutely, totally spiritual to be really, really rich. All right, materially rich, rich with money or cryptocurrency or however you define rich. It's also great to have be rich with friends and confidence and creativity. You get to pick and you can pick all of the above. When you know the areas you want, then step two, you get into the details. Uh, you can visualize the bells, the whistles. You can visualize the minutia, but your dream is not about the minutia. The dream is about the big rocking transformation through which lots of details will show up. But at the beginning of the dream, don't insist on which details, which people, what calendar date. Don't micromanage. So visualize, choose your desire in a broad brush stroke. Number two, visualize all kinds of luscious, juicy details that may or may not pan out the way you're visualizing them. But because you're visualizing them or praying about them, same, same in this case, you're creating a heightened sense of emotional anticipation, joy and excitement, like a Friday before the weekend. Oh boy, oh boy, red and bells and chrome and whistles and frosting on the cake. Now you're going to attach to the big picture transformation, but bells and whistles, Ferrari, Maserati, blonde, redhead, you know, let the right one show up. Okay. Don't micromanage that. Insist on the transformation. Don't insist on the details, but do visualize the details to get excited about it, but then to get excited about the transformation, but then surrender to what happens. Step three, all important, show up, show up, take action, be present and allow. Show up and allow. Knock on doors and allow. Turn over stones and allow. But you are the moving part. You take a step, the universe takes 10,000. You stop the universe stops. You take another step, the universe takes 10,000. You never stop, the universe never stops. And do this with a glad heart. You don't have to hit the home run. Do not insist on how your dream will come true. Try out this possible how. Try out that how. Try out the other how. Some will resonate, some won't. Some doors will fly open, some doors will slam shut. But you don't have to sweat that. The universe is figuring it out. You hold on to the vision, the general area of transformation. You stay excited because you're visualizing all kinds of juicy details, many of which will come to pass, but none of which are you attached to. And then you thereby allow details you didn't even know existed to enter your life. Then step three, show up, allow, show up, allow. Don't insist on the path. Don't insist on the who's. Don't insist on the how's. Don't insist on the when's. Just dance with a glad heart because thy kingdom shall come. It is easy. Prayer or manifest, same, same when you do it the right way. You hold intention, you have a vision, you stay emotionally charged, and you dance, you show up, you get out in the world, you press the flesh, you say hello, you smile, you lend a helping hand, you love your life, prepare to be astounded. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up. Today's question, Mike, 
if we have been trying to manifest something for years, sometimes decades, and failed, how do we understand the delay and work with that? We can say it wasn't meant to be, or I'm apparently not, not ready, or it would be happening. How do we keep waiting? And when do we know it's time to give up on that dream? Oh, never give up on a dream, ever. You might redefine it. You might set it higher, but you never give up on a dream. Continue the process. Enjoy the journey. I have some, I think, really good stuff to help you with this. First of all, to nix some of the presumptions that were built into that question. The universe does not have a time schedule. Okay, it's, it's not the universe's time. It is your time. And you do have a time schedule unbeknownst to yourself. You've got priorities. You've got 60,000 thoughts. You've got fears. You've got invisible limiting beliefs. You've got empowering beliefs. And they're all working to the best of their ability so that you can bloom and that all good things can come to pass. Remember, your positive thoughts are 10,000 times more powerful than your negative thoughts. You don't have to go in here and find every moving, jiggling part to be assured of smooth sailing. You just have to do your part. And step one is to realize the universe isn't deciding and the universe doesn't have a time schedule. The universe knows one speed, ASAP, pronto amigo, let's get it on. All right, so so forget that, it's not that. Um, Forget the notion as well as meant to be. There is nothing meant to be. And there is nothing that's not meant to be. Zero zippo. We came here to decide what's going to happen. We came here to write the script. You are a gladiator of unbelievable power for whom all things are possible. And this is why we're here. We wanted to learn this in a paradise, this Garden of Eden, where every day we feel love and we give love. And it's just this most amazing thing. So to think that something is preordained or destined is is to rob you of your power. If you've got a great idea, it can come to pass. Your great ideas are little lures that bring you down the path this way, this way, because you are that powerful and we're going to show you. Don't doubt. Don't put blocks in your path. Don't think that some things can't happen. All things can happen given uh, the parameters I'm about to share with you. Um, never assume something's wrong. I want it. I've always wanted it. I don't have it. Something's wrong. As soon as you go into that place of something's wrong, the universe is like, something's wrong. I'll show you something's wrong. You keep saying something's wrong. You've been saying something's wrong your whole life. Just because you don't have it yet doesn't mean anything wrong. It could literally be a breath away. It could literally be tomorrow the phone rings and blows your mind. Or it could be six more months, but the wait will be worth it because it'll be six decades and six lifetimes and six universes better than you could possibly imagine. So don't assume something's wrong. Like I said a moment ago, maybe the reason it hasn't showed up has nothing to do with you not believing in yourself. Maybe it has nothing to do with invisible limiting beliefs. It has nothing to do with anything wrong. It's just that... You have so much love in your heart and you have other priorities that you have not given credit to or acknowledged, like making sure that everything's okay with mom or with the kids or with your partner. Maybe you're, maybe you're helping so many other people because that's how much love you have in your heart <clears throat> and it really does bring you joy. So this thing that you've wanted for decades has been put on the back burner, but it's been gaining in momentum and it's about to burst into your life until you say something's wrong. Nothing was wrong. Nothing was wrong. Never assume something's wrong. Now, is it possible in the scheme of things as we are the otters of the universe learning as if with training wheels of our power and life's beauty and our inclination to succeed is it possible that there could be a few loose nuts up here in the machinery maybe just maybe you don't believe in your inevitable success maybe just maybe uh it's a worthiness thing maybe we're not going to assume that never assume that i just went through that but 
let there be space in this unending odyssey of joy through heaven on earth to constantly be seeking to choose higher thoughts, to constantly be wondering, could I do this even better? Could I even have more fun? Um, could I redefine my dreams so that I become a lightning rod to serendipities? This is not assuming something's wrong, but this is just kind of ongoing, continuing education, ongoing maintenance, because you, you want to know what it is you don't know. Uh, and by asking the questions and saying, hey, you know, is there something else I could see? Is there something else I could think? I'm game. I'm down for that while you continue living your amazing life on all other fronts. So always be improving. Check your end results as you self-reflect. And this is what I was uh, alluding to a little while ago. When I said all things are possible, of course you don't think I meant you can manipulate somebody to your advantage at their expense. Of course you didn't think that. You would never want somebody to do something they didn't want to do. So when a dream, and this is hopefully very rare, but when a dream is hinged on a certain person behaving a certain way, I talk about this all the time, just the other day I talked about this. If you have a dream that depends on a certain person falling in love with you, a certain person paying you money, a certain person disappearing into the woodwork, then your happiness and the dream's success depend on their thoughts, not yours. Don't go there, okay? You can have love, you can have travel partners, you can have whatever you want until you say it must be that person. Look, if it's not that person and they don't see your awesome rocking nature, do you really want that person? It's not gonna be what you think it is. Let there be room for or better, okay? So simple, you can still have all the things you wanted but just can't make that one person march to the beat of your drum, your own drummer, just as you wouldn't want to be manipulated. Hey, my big dreams are about to come true, but somebody is pulling me into their life and they're wanting to manipulate me. They want me to fall in love with them and I just don't. It, it works like that. But they can have somebody that would fall in love with them and you could have somebody that you would love twice as much as that person, especially when they love you back. So uh, similarly, do not insist on how a dream comes true, okay? Try out different pathways, knock on different doors, be your best, show up entirely, but allow there to be some realignment, some adjustment. It might not be this book you're writing that's a bestseller, it's gonna be that one. Or it might not be a book at all, but it'll be the screenplay. So keep in motion, keep trying, knock on doors, be your best, open heart, open mind, be open to recalibrating so that the universe can bring you even better than you asked for. So don't worry about who's specifically. Don't worry about how's specifically. Don't worry about when's specifically. Don't worry about unimportant details, and all details are unimportant. As long as your dream doesn't hinge on the who's, the how's, the when's, the, the itty-bitty micromanaged details or big details. All details are a dime a dozen. Your dream will come true and there will be a how, a who, a when, and lots of glorious details. But at the beginning, don't insist on who, how, when, or those details because you limit the universe from bringing you even better than you knew to ask for. So that's one little thing you can find tweak as you're reflecting and going and rocking and moving forward in your life. And then another thing that you might do in your self-reflection, not assuming anything's wrong, but are you doing what you can with what you've got from where you are all the time? Are you constantly taking action in the direction of love or healing or health or romance, reading books, doing web searches, Googling, asking questions, asking people out, telling people you're available? Are you constantly doing something about it? COVID is not an excuse. Social distancing is not an excuse. We all, you're watching this on the internet. You can go out there and you can, you can knock on doors and turn over stones. Taking action is an important way to be congruent with your dreams and desires. If you're thinking champagne caviar and you're sitting on the couch with popcorn all alone, there's something not lining up. And you can see that. You can see that. There's no great mystery as to how you could align yourself better with your dreams. All right? We all have that ability. So, always improving. Make sure your end results are wisely stated and make sure you're continuing to knock on doors and stay in motion. 
And the most important point I'm saving for last, here it goes. And this is easy to misunderstand. Please don't. Enjoy the journey, a.k.a. your life. Your life is the journey. Enjoy your rocking life so much every day to the best of your ability. I know there's lions and tigers and bears. Enjoy it so much that it doesn't matter whether or not that thing ever comes to pass, that manifestation. Can you be happy without it? I'm not saying go without it. Can you be happy without it? You can. You so can. You are amazing. You're gorgeous. You're beautiful. You have all these different thoughts. You have perspectives that no one else on the world in the world has. You have friends and challenges that no one else in the world has. All custom tailored for your joy. For your joy. Can you start sampling that joy right now as if the manifestation that you're waiting for didn't matter when you can get to that place that you could just as well live without it and just as well be happy crazy happy you will be crazy happy and that manifestation will come so much faster i am not asking you to go without i'm asking you to tinker and adjust the parameters take con consistent action self-reflect work on every area of your life i'm asking you to do those things and enjoy your life in paradise it's fleeting it's so precious it's so extraordinarily rare you're so extraordinarily important you can enjoy it and when you enjoy it so much that the manifestation doesn't matter the manifestation will show up so long as it was wisely defined and you weren't manipulating other people Okay, you can do that last one. It's the biggest one. It's the coolest one. You have every reason to be happy today, no matter circumstances. And when you get happy today, all else falls in line. Jumbo fellow adventures, happy Thursday. It's Mike Dooley, time for a spiritual tune-up. Uh, this week, uh, plus some, we've been talking about uh, the 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 ethereal world and this question is so exciting is divine intervention possible mike are angels real can they help us i'm not going where you think i'm going i was watching a documentary about 9 11 survivors and there were several stories of people who had experienced strange things a woman was under the rubble when a firefighter named Leo came to her rescue. Leo said, let's get you out of here and held her hand until other firefighters arrived. When the second and third firefighter arrived, she lost her orientation and she had to ask, where did Leo go? And the second firefighter said, ma'am, I'm the first one to find you here. Turned out there was no Leo at all, but that kept her alive. And then there are so many similar stories. I won't go into them, but they're exciting and they're thrilling and they hint at the magic and they evidence that we are never alone. Hence the awesome question, is divine intervention possible? I know you want me to give you a heck to the yes answer here. And in the truest sense, there's only divine intervention. Everything is divine intervention. The most dependable divine intervention that's always a breath away is your own. You are divine and you can bend the rules in your own way. Whether there's a thought form that you create of somebody named Leo or Bruno or some macho hunk or you rise above circumstances to envision a world that did not exist until you imagined it and you held on to that vision and the elements of time and space yielded to your vision until you were actually living it. There is only divine intervention. But this person is asking, and, and you get the difference here, whether or not an angel, a spirit guide, fairies, rainbows and unicorns can interrupt our lives and give us a leg up, give us a hand to hold. And generally speaking, of their own volition, this is not acceptable. 
You are of the divine. We all chose to be here because it's the most amazing adventure on the razor's edge of reality creation where we get to fleetingly forget who we really are to discover it anew by finding that our thoughts and what we focus on, what we speak about, how we behave, become the building blocks, literally, of the matter that surrounds us in days to come. If Tinkerbell could zap your negative thoughts and only your positive thoughts became things, or if some other angel could show up and bend the elements of time, space, and matter to give you a life that you had not thought of, however pleasing it may be, you would never learn of your power. And so we came here in this realm where we all agreed to certain basic standards, like, you know, Paris is going to be in France and there's going to be the Eiffel Tower. That's a little bit facetious, but once things got going and there was momentum and it was designed and it was built, we all agreed there it is. And so there will always be the Eiffel Tower in Paris. There will always be um, Tahiti in the Pacific Ocean. There will always be these things, if you will, you could plot them on a grid, an energetic grid, the time-space continuum that we all agreed upon where there's a past that's dependable. Physical laws that you can hang your hat on or your head on. There are these physical laws that are part and parcel of our ticket of entry here and we agree to believe in them, adhere to them, um, expect them and thereby we all have a stage in common that we can play out our lives upon. Now, granted, these things are fixed. Yes, they're a little bit malleable, maybe a lot bit malleable, but they're fixed so that 99.999% of our lives, we can be subjective, playful creators of the universe. So while there are some limitations through our believing in the elements of time and space, they're nothing compared to the phenomenal freedom that we have and the free will we can exercise to bring about whatever we can think about. And the agreement is those parameters are not to be broken. But there are exceptions and this is what the questioner is speaking to. Divine intervention. Is there such a thing? Can we see angels? We came here with a team of angels. We never would have come here. You would not have come here if you didn't have your own team of angels that exist solely to help you. Normally the way they help you, normally, triple underline, normally is they whisper in your ear. They give you confidence. They have to work within your thoughts, beliefs, and expectations or otherwise you're not going to learn of your own power. So they can kind of set you up and be available not to go tinkering with physical laws, not to stop the boogeyman from jumping in front of you and taking your purse or, oh my gosh, whatever, but to help you connect your physical senses to your inner senses and to the world at large so that you can pull some mighty big strings and live the life of your dreams. Angels are real, real but they rarely show up um, outside of the elements, outside of our thoughts for the reasons just given. But now, 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 there is such a thing as divine intervention. And there is such a thing as a Leo or a Bruno showing up. But the requirements are as follows. Their appearance must be within your own thoughts, beliefs, expectations of what is believable. Okay? If you don't believe in them, they can't show up. Um, number two, equally important. You must have end results, desires, dreams, aka thoughts, on their way to becoming the things and events of your life, and some calamity or catastrophe like 9-11 and the World Trade Towers falling, was not within the realm of your thoughts becoming things, was not part of the probabilities you chose to play amongst, and the only way your thoughts could become things, to continue living here versus in other realms, to continue moving towards your dreams and learning from your fears. If the only way that this could happen, 
that your true deep desires could become the things and events of your life. And you believed in and you allowed there to be a divine intervention, angels, even if you've never thought of angels, but you believe you're protected. Well, then angels will be summoned and angels may appear. They will be able to intervene physically, bend the laws of the physical universe so that you can be extracted from something that did not fit into your thoughts and you could continue moving forward to what you had been thinking about. This is extremely rare, extremely uncommon, but it's something that is an option that exists for every single journey in these sacred jungles of time and space. Then the very, very painful question comes up. Well, what about those other people? Are you saying that they were all ready to die? Are you saying that they didn't, none of them believed in angels? The, the 3,000 people who uh, perished due to the World Trade Towers falling? Every occurrence in time and space is ordained at a higher level by ourselves for objectives that only each individual can understand. And while it might seem illogical and does not compute that 3,000 people who are completely unrelated could have all been ready to transition to another world, that is in case, indeed the case. The same thing with the tsunami that hit the Pacific Rim what was it, about 20 years ago, uh, and, and nearly a million people died. Were they all ready? Were they all in harm's way? Because these were probabilities that they had thought of? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Remember, life does not play out on a linear timeline. It is not built on a linear timeline. That's how we witness it. It is built beyond the curtains of time and space so that when we show up, show up, show up, it seems like, oh my gosh, what a surprise. Who could have thought of this? And on the surface, nobody could have thought of that. We didn't think of that. But when we're building the probabilities of our lives and we have the opportunity to let one door close and another one fly open, remember consciousness is eternal. It never stops. It keeps on going then we will create probabilities to experience in alignment with our vision. And so we might choose a lifetime with existing probabilities of global tumult, COVID, uh, evil dictators, and the like. And as long as we are remaining in alignment with our own private objectives being met, sometimes it is the perf it would always be the perfect time to check out for anybody who did check out. This doesn't mean it's okay that evil people do evil things. This doesn't mean uh, that I am justifying it. This doesn't mean don't help people in harm's way. You're part of the equation. If you're aware of the harm that's coming to others or that has befallen others, you can do something about it. I know that there are a lot of tangents in this answer, uh, and I've gone to almost every single one of them in the earlier 300 plus spiritual tune-ups, the notion of victims and bad things happening to good people and blame the victim mentality that I and other teachers are often accused of. Go to Facebook, go to Instagram and Google, not Google, and search the archive of videos, which is listed in the menu items on either Facebook or Instagram, and you can scan through all of the other topics to connect these dots. To go back to the, to the, to the question though, is divine intervention possible? Yes, under very few, very rare circumstances where the thing about to befall you is not in your realm of probabilities. You have thoughts that are leaning and pushing you elsewhere, um, and you have a belief and a tolerance and allowance for that kind of intervention to take place in your life. Again, you might not specifically believe in angels, but if you believe you're protected, then angels will be summoned and they fit within your beliefs. Very, very rare for that kind of divine intervention to happen, but it can happen. What's the solution? Live your, your rocking, amazing life. See all that you have to live for. Uh, continue to introspect, go within, ask new questions. What can I learn from whatever you're going through right now? Um, what am I not seeing that I could be seeing? What is this circumstance that I'm now in making possible? And through introspection and unending dreams for a rocking, fuller, expanding, wise life, you will automatically be guided to probabilities where you will not need 
Tinkerbell to save you from uh, the ravages of some, um, you know, uh, unpleasant circumstances. But for those who have passed, uh, again, uh, not to make light of this and not to say, uh, not to not to imply anything other than life is eternal. Uh, their their exploration and adventure continues. It never missed a beat. Uh, they went on to other realms, into better places, as uh, the greeting cards like to remind us. And all is supremely well. For you, enjoy your rocking life. Dream big dreams. Uh, Self-reflect. Go forward. And nobody dies one moment before they're ready to go. And when they die, they just continue elsewhere um, in this unending dance parade of joy. We are all gladiators of the divine and we have nothing to fear. Jumbo fellow adventurer, happy Friday. Great to be with you for another spiritual tune-up on the heels of yesterday's talk where I answered a question about divine intervention uh, and how come sometimes it seems that an angel will appear and save one person but 2,000 others die. It seems inequitable and it seems impossible that while we create our own reality that 2,000 people must have been thinking bad thoughts and one person thought good thoughts. No, it doesn't, doesn't work quite that way. There was a great question asked seeking clarity on how these mass manifestations happen even as we individually create our own reality. I'd like to uh, point out that just last month I talked about mass events, uh, the Holocaust in particular, uh, similar almost identical topic but from a different angle and last April I talked about the same um, giant events that affect a lot of people that who who could not have been thinking about it. So we're going to go there today. Again, take it from another angle. But just to remind you, there are archives in Facebook and Instagram where there are almost 400 earlier spiritual tune-ups, each with headings that speak to the topic. And this has been addressed from different angles before. It's such a weighty topic and such an important one that it bears revisiting from a new angle. So, Mike, it's hard for me to believe that all those people who lost their lives in 9-11 had thoughts of dying that way and didn't believe in divine intervention. Were It's hard to believe they were all ready to die at the hands of lunatics. I just can't wrap my mind and beliefs around that. Okay, I don't want you to wrap your mind and your beliefs around that. It doesn't work that way. None of those people thought about dying uh, in a fiery death at the hands of a lunatic. Not one. Not one. I'm not asking you to go there. But as I shared yesterday, and it comes up again and again in these talks, first uh, of many points I want to make, understand that we experience reality through our physical senses on a linear timeline. It is not assembled that way. It is assembled behind the curtains of time and space, exactly the way uh, a Hollywood movie is created. I said this yesterday. I'm just picking up where I left off. A Hollywood movie is created uh, with years of planning um, on the back lot uh, in the writer's loft, uh, edits, cuts, paste, and then it's shot out of sequence and then in the editing room, they splice it all together that so when someone's watching it from the recliner seat of their cinema um, chair with popcorn, they see it all play out in a certain way. Okay, and it is that is how our reality is created in realms that we are not consciously aware of. And then we sit here with our physical senses and like, oh my gosh, what a surprise. Even though in one way or another, we had had a hand in the creation of what unfolded. How do we have a hand in these mass events and these catastrophes? Um, always we see the probabilities that exist in a lifetime or on any given day and we judge our behavior accordingly. We see this might happen, there might be backup traffic here, there could be a madman flying in the air there and with these probabilities and our awareness of them our higher self will choose them if 
they fit into the context of all of our other thoughts, desires, beliefs, and expectations. I have often shared that very often an argument I receive about thoughts becoming things being as dependable as gravity are those, ex- those experiences we've all had that we never thought about ahead of time, which comprise probably 90% of our life. Things and experiences and conversations we never thought about ahead of time. How do you explain them if our thoughts become things? Basically, when I'm in Orlando and I want to drive to Miami, I'm thinking of Miami. And the only way I can get to Miami in a car or in a plane is if I drive through or fly through unthought of territory. Unthought of territory. All necessary to get me to the place I'm thinking about. And when people choose a lifetime, they may see, well, where their friends are living, what challenges a certain stage will present, what opportunities a certain household being born into will create. And they see these probabilities. They might see a probability that the earth is moving through a dark and tumultuous time where there's a lot of confusion and there could be this madman Adolf Hitler come to power. He might or he might not. It's a probability. There's no destiny. Do you still want to go down there where all your loved ones are? And clearly we have said yes time and time again because a life is not characterized by its its end uh, by any stretch. There's love and meaning and growth and opportunity and Uh, all kinds of lessons learned prior to how it might end. But you would see ahead of time the probabilities for a madman blowing up the World Trade Towers or a madman exterminating a certain uh, race of people. And you would decide, do I want to go where those probabilities exist for all the other great reasons there are to go there? And then you would live accordingly. And as your life played out, you would continually be checking into probabilities vis-a-vis your thoughts, your dreams, and desires. How do they line up with the probabilities that exist around you? Your thoughts, your fears, and desires as well. And when your thoughts, beliefs, desires, expectations seek out expression, they will draw from the probabilities at hand to come to pass. And It could well be that if this madman has come to power and his reach is far and wide and a civilization, a nation, a region um, is aligned with the hideous nature of this madman, not that there wouldn't be plenty of exclusions, then this probability would need to play itself out as the most likely because it is most in alignment with the confusion of what's going on in the masses. So everyone would have a hand in bringing this probability to fruition. Not that anybody would even want it to happen, but sometimes we fear things or we think about things we don't want to experience and they happen. And I'm not saying people thought about the Holocaust. That's why it's happened. Some did. But other people had other ambitions or beliefs about the nature of people and probabilities, uh, fears and dreams. And it did create this mass event that was able to achieve as many objectives as possible. I'm not excusing it. It is not okay. It's disgusting. It was awful. But consider this. And I've got a really huge point coming. Consider this. Nobody died. Nobody died. Death is impossible. Energy and consciousness transmutes. So in the moment of the Holocaust or the 9-11 trade towers collapsing, nobody died. Now, from a human perspective on a linear timeline, we can, we can play that game and we can say, oh, they died and don't tell me they didn't die and it was my brother, it was my sister. I'm not trying to justify it. I'm trying to give the deepest explanation possible for every single person on the linear timeline who lost their life, and I grant you they did on that linear timeline, spontaneously, instantaneously, life continued in other realms where they were greeted, where they were loved, where they understood what happened, they understood the probabilities that existed before them, and they continue as alive and vibrant then and today as they were prior to the the mass calamities. So first off, nobody died. Um, 
Secondly, and this is a mind bender and then the big point. Secondly, reality splits all the time into parallel universes. Now, this is not mainstream uh, conversation, and this is not something you need to totally get your head around. I'm going to give you the big point in just a minute. But reality splits, and whenever you are at a fork in the road, according to the Seth material by Jane Roberts, and they also wrote a book called The Nature of Mass Events. It's exactly about this stuff. But Whenever you're at a fork in the road and you think, should I go left? Should I go right? Should I become a butcher or a baker? Um, should I go to work today or not? You go down both paths. Whenever there's a genuine fork in the road, you go down both paths. And each of you thinks you're the only one. So it's highly likely, a certainty, that for every single person, there are an unlimited number of lifetimes within a lifetime. And why not? It's all a dream. It's all energy. It's all a holographic universe that we live in. There's no limit to how many we have. We don't remember that or track all of that because we would get so disoriented in our primitive nature right now. And you don't need to understand this right now, except that it makes perfect sense that nothing would be so final or, or horrible as that. That's not the right word. It was horrible. It was disgusting in ways unimaginable. But it's not what you think it was. And I'm explaining how people could be in a certain situation even though they didn't think about it because it was in alignment with all of their other thoughts, ambitions, dreams, desires, and fears as well as that of the civilization that experienced it. Okay, so there's a split there. And not only are we multidimensional uh, creatures. So one of us might spontaneously be, you know, in, in the palm of God when the skyscrapers fell, while simultaneously that same person in the palm of God uh, is experiencing an, a split in reality, a parallel universe where either they didn't go to work that way or the towers didn't even come down in that universe. And then there's splits from that and splits from that and there's splits for every individual and there's 8 billion of us. It's mind-boggling, but that's the grandeur of it all. That's the nature of reality. That's the mind of God. Don't even try to understand it except to realize all is supremely well, even though circumstances can be completely unjust and disgusting and unfair. Circumstances can be all of those things. Reality itself is never any of those things. And here is the big point I wanted to make. Either you can find some sense of truth in this or your own deductions, or you have to assume that God made a mistake, created a reality where bad crap happens to good people for no reason, created a world where, where evil lurks of its own volition. That makes less sense in my heart and in my mind than all that I've just shared with you. Now, I grant you, all that I just shared with you is way out there, crazier than the wildest Star Trek uh, episode. But it puts a context for all of this. It puts a context for the dream of life, and you know it's a dream. Nothing is as it seems. None of us would have come here if we could have been made less for the experience. Everything that happens adds to who we are. Nothing can happen to anybody that is not ordained or granted permission at a higher level. And that doesn't mean your higher self makes decisions that you're not in tune with. You and your higher self are one. We just pretend that we don't know stuff that we really do know. And it's here at this level that you make decisions that affect the rest of your life, not those decisions up there, however hard that is to wrap your head around. God didn't make a mistake. God doesn't make mistakes. Call it divine intelligence. I'm not speaking of a God of religion. I'm speaking of, of the love, the intelligent love that made reality in these sacred jungles of time and space possible. Where there's photosynthesis, where there's a hundred million different species on just this one planet, where there's physical laws and biological laws and metaphysical laws that none of us can comprehend. 
except we can witness what's working. We can witness that our thoughts become things and we can understand that all is unfolding perfectly in the heart of God and nothing and no one is ever lost. That makes sense. That God made a mistake, that, that there was lost opportunities, that, that stuff is just bad, period. That doesn't make sense. I, I urge you to go within and try to connect those dots and don't try too hard because it won't work to think that there's mistakes and that bad things happen to good people, uh, as if there were bad people, as if there were bad things. Everything adds to who we are and is ordained within the realm of the dream we're living now. And in the blink of an eye, we'll be on the other side and we're going to be like, damn, I thought that was so real. I thought it was so real, but it was beautiful. Oh my God, it was so beautiful. Didn't you love coffee? Didn't you love maple syrup? How about a sunrise at the beach? Let's go back and live another lifetime. It's safe. Nothing bad can happen to us. It might be a hurt. It might be ugly. It might be disgusting for a fleeting nanosecond, but we'll be back here in the palm of God's hand and eternity before us. This is the splendor of the world we live in. This is the splendor of the world you create. You've been given the power of God to imagine, to believe, to achieve. So the takeaway from all of this is there's no evil on its own. Bad things don't happen to anybody. Uh, random crap doesn't happen to anybody. Everything's happening inside of God and it's adding to us. And when we can chill out and love and adore and cooperate uh, and help one another, respect one another, give dignity to ourselves and one another, oh my gosh, where we're going, it's unimaginable where we're going in the shortest span of time, in the, in the decades ahead, in the century ahead, in the millennia ahead, just everyone will know they are living, breathing God particles for whom all things are possible and everyone will help everyone. There's enough resources for everyone. Well, there you have it. One more week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed what you just saw or heard, please share with a friend. Uh, thumbs up, like, follow, whatever may be the case on the platform you're now experiencing this. If you want more inspiration every single day, I send out a note from the universe. Right now it's going out to a million people. We'd love to add you to that list. Enjoy. Thoughts become things. See you next time.